When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Alan Clark of the Hollies, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again, Martin Popoff, back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon Podcasts. Uh, We are part of a vast network available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, so this is episode number 58. We are going to be calling this Blues for Metalheads. You know, I've often talked about uh, the concept of making blues interesting for angry metalheads in the 70s and I know I've touched on this in other episodes and I want to give you a little background about that of how this relates to a couple of different episodes specifically episode two uh, the birth of American heavy metal and episode 40 second wave heavy metal American division I know I've also talked about this idea of the uh, of the boogie and metal (laughs) a b switch right where uh, where basically the birth of an American form of heavy metal comes from, uh, you know, rock and roll. Well, the blues through rock and roll, through the British blues boom, through the likes of Led Zeppelin, making the blues interesting for angry young metalheads for the first time. Led Zeppelin, I often uh, think of as the touchstone band in this idea, but we're not going to talk about them. Uh, well, we'll talk about them a little, but I mean, I'm not including them as one of the five songs here um, because we've played a lot of Led Zeppelin before, and I'm sure I've elicited talked about Led Zeppelin in many ways before. Um, but yeah, so it's funny. So we had uh, a way back at the beginning, episode number two, The Birth of American Heavy Metal. We played uh, Blue Cheer, Doctor Please. Uh, we played Born to be Wild. We played Mountain, Mississippi Queen. We played Blue Oyster Cult Cities on Flame, Montrose Rock the Nation. All of those uh, fit in this idea of making the blues interesting for angry young metalheads, or as this episode is called, just blues for metalheads, right? Uh, blues for metalheads implies that this is a way that that uh, you can actually feed something that's uh, that's you know elliptically at least uh, traced to the blues to metalheads and have them like it. And the bands we're going to talk about uh, fit in this idea, and they fit in this idea in in various uh, various uh, different dynamic ways. Um, but all of these bands uh, that I just mentioned uh, also uh, fit in that way. They're the link between your Led Zeppelins and the blues boom and and heavy metal proper that comes later. So episode 40, um, we looked at second wave heavy metal American divisions. So this is bands essentially from the latter half of the 70s. And there, again, we played Blue Oyster Cult. We played ME262, which again is kind of a boogie metal song. We played Aerosmith Lick and a Promise, bit of a Stonesy song, uh, but, but very heavy. We played Kiss, I Stole Your Love, Van Halen on Fire, and Ted Nugent, Name Your Poison. So... 
Some of these bands fall into this category, but the bands we're going to talk about today uh, are more dedicated to the blues. Uh, you know, and some of that might be the boogie thing more so. Um, but but these are bands that have deep deep roots in the blues, so they're so they're more so than these bands where you can flip this. Uh, a B switch between boogie and modern heavy metal. So they have a little more of the old stuff in them, but these were bands that were perfectly accepted by the quote unquote blue jean army, right? Uh, you know, the, um, the jean jackets and the jeans or, or, you know, at a, at a hot concert, it'd be jeans with no shirt on that kind of thing. Right. Uh, you know, you see those old pictures of, of these, uh, seventies things and the guys are all in jeans of various sorts. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so first a little primer before we play our first one. So the idea is uh, obviously there's a there's a long blues tradition uh, tradition, but then rock and roll is born in the fifties. Rock and roll is almost like the punk rock version of the blues, if you will. Right? Uh, then we've got the Beatles coming along, and all they do—they're not really part of this story—but essentially what they do is they combine the blues with pop music, and so they're making the blues palatable for a new generation through a combination with pop and a lot of experimentation as things go on. Then we get um, a purist blues boom, uh, like a UK blues boom. And as I've mentioned before, you know, it could get boring. And even the likes of Jim Simpson found it boring. And Black Sabbath was born, to give you the short story on that, the Coles notes. Um, And then we had bands like Led Zeppelin. And Led Zeppelin is, like I say, the touchstone band of an episode like this, this Blues for Metalheads episode, uh, with the likes of songs like, um, okay, well, this is actually going to prove it. Well, yeah, this will prove it in, in, in both directions. So what I wanted to say about um, what you're going to hear in some of these songs is that um, to make blues palatable for angry young metalheads in the 70s, um, it could only go two ways. It could go fast and sped up and hepped up like rock and roll, like boogie woogie. Okay, so you're going to hear some of this in here. And it can also go the doomy dark blues way, where blues riffs, you know, with all their rules and all their boring rules, gives way to a little bit of a riff. And then, and then it keeps sliding over a little more and, and you get, and you get doom essentially from it. So, you know, Led Zeppelin is a perfect band in the doom direction with something like Dazed and Confused. We know that's more or less a lift, um, but you've got Dazed and Confused and you've got how many more times fit in that end of it. So does No Quarter, for example, uh, for example, um, and, and at the other end, you got something like, um, rock and roll. Which is which is more your sped up, heavied up boogie woogie, and then somewhere in the middle you've got pure, almost a purest form of heavy metal coming from the blues with something like whole lot of love. Okay, enough Led Zeppelin talk. Um, we've done plenty of that throughout all of these episodes. Um, so let's let's look at these bands uh, that really dedicated themselves to making the blues interesting for metalheads uh, in the seventies. And uh, so let's play our first one here. This is ZZ Top with Precious and Grace. All 
All right. So ZZ Top is a perfect example of this. Um, you know, when we worked on the uh, the banger film, uh, the ZZ Top documentary, um, a really cool thing that Robin Hoods said. Uh, Robin's, yeah, Robin Hoods. Uh, he said that ZZ Top. Um, how does he say it? They play the blues, but they don't sing the blues. Something like that. I might be mangling this. But the idea with ZZ Top is a perfect, perfect example right from the beginning of one of these bands that took the blues and found ways to inject heavy metal riffery into it and sped it up and also didn't really sing particularly about bluesy subjects all the time. It was more party rock, right? Uh, They essentially... uh, um, invented a party rock version of the blues and plenty of heavy metal riffs along the way. Now, this song I just played you is not that type of ZZ Top. I wanted to play you one of these interesting ones where they, you know, they got a few of these. Master of Sparks, I I figure, falls this way. Even uh, Nasty Dogs and Funky Kings a little bit. Um, Hope I got that right. And But Precious and Grace is a perfect example of one of these that falls to the thing we just mentioned about Doom. So here they are essentially uh, going going into that slow, dark end of it, the low end of it, uh, with a lot of spaces and playing something moody and creepy. But they do plenty of the other as well. And then they do the, you know, the straight heavy metal type uh, combination of the blues with uh, beer drinkers and hellraisers. Even even Tush is a little bit like that, right? Um, and then they've got, you know, the funky stuff that leads to Aerosmith a little, little bit, like uh, Waiting for the Bus. Um, then they've got things that are they're very fast, like Heard It on the X. Um, LaGrange is more of like a straightforward, but, you know, he's got that distortion pedal on. It's kind of a no-nonsense. It's a shuffle. It's an up-tempo shuffle. Um, so they're combining the blues, or at least the roots of the blues, but, but you know Billy, you know, Billy with his short attention span and Billy being super creative, he's never, ever, ever going to come out and say this against the blues greats, but, but you know, he's, he's thinking it the whole time, how do I make this way more interesting than the originals? And that's what ZZ Top is. You know, like I say, he would he would never say that. He reveres all those old guys. Um, but you don't hear a lot of straight blues across um, the ZZ Top albums. I mean, you'll, you'll hear enough. You'll hear 20, 30 songs, I suppose, uh, across the catalog. Maybe not 30. But most of the time, they are trying to make it interesting for you. Okay, so that was our first one. Let's go a whole nother route, um, but the other band that we loved uh, right from the beginning who dedicated themselves to this, uh, take a listen to this. This is Status Quo with Little Lady. All right, so that's status quo from On the Level, 1975. Um, the ZZ Top, I don't know if I mentioned, 1973, Tres Hombres. Uh, so that's their, their third album after the Brown period, right? Um, but so this is status quo right in their kind of golden period where they've got the likes of uh, the Quo album, which does similar things. Okay, well, let's, tell, let's talk about what this does first of all. So this is more like the Ramones of old rock and roll, right? This is sped up 
super powerful, super heavy, um, and they're just like heads down, meet you at the end. No, I, I've always maintained this. Nobody, nobody, nobody can boogie like status quo, boogie as powerfully as status quo. And that's proven all you need to go. You can go away and, and put your own little episode of History and Five Songs together and pick five status quo songs. And I would go with uh, Little Lady, which we just played, Backwater, Just Take Me, Down Down, Big Fat Mama. That'll get you started. Uh, even their, even their uh, Go Johnny or Johnny Be Good or whatever it's called uh, on the, I think it's still on the On the Level album, um, but that's that's even proof that they're actually taking a Chuck Berry classic and showing you how heavy you can boogie if you if you do it right. And I've often said this about Backwater when Backwater just kicks in after that short that short you know uh, that mellow segment and even the whole riff. There there is no there is not even a live version of that 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 can match the uh, the majesty and the heaviness of the studio versions and same with this little lady that you just heard and down down like I say uh, as well um, so yeah so status quo is in there and they and they do a lot of metal as well like is there a better way um, uh, well maybe not a lot of metal but but a lot of this really really good heavy boogie and they do a lot of that a b switch stuff like like big fat mama kind of goes back and forth between stuff that sounds like modern heavy metal and the boogie woogie and status quo started as actually more of a um a psych band that was a short-lived period but yeah interestingly enough they kind of went into more of a purist British blues boom band band. So status quo in that in that murky period, Ma Kelly's Greasy Spoon and Dog of Two Head and all that stuff. That that is the period of uh, of these pretty obscure albums before they hit it fairly big with Pile Driver. I think it's their first on A and M, and we got these in Canada all over the place. So all these A and M albums did did pretty good. Um, so that's their golden period, seventy two through about seventy seven with rock and all over the world. Um, but yeah, so they went through this uh, this purist period where it is boring, right? It's boring just doing, you know, da-dun, da-dun, blues, right? Um, so so it's funny. They had that, and then they basically discovered uh, the magic and the greatness of heavy metal, the greatest music in the entire world, and they decided to inject that into what they're doing, and uh, they got to be a very big bag, uh, band from it. Uh, so yeah, let's take a little break, and we'll be right back. Okay, back again on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is episode 58, Blues for Metalheads. Let's uh, let's play our third selection here, and then we'll discuss. Take a listen to this. This is Aerosmith with No More, No More. Right. So as I'm saying, uh, all these bands have a different way that they're approaching this idea of making the blues uh, interesting for angry young metalheads in the 70s. So what Aerosmith did is they basically said, they would never come out and say this, of course, but basically they said the Yardbirds and the Rolling Stones are too boring for consumption. Uh, let's actually, uh, let's 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 gussy this up let's improve it let's uh, include some of the greatest music of all time heavy metal into what we're doing uh let's let's get great production values let's add some arrangements let's let's break a few rules right um let's let's put a round on round on here which is uh you know a round and round and round is is more of like the doomy bluesy stuff right um 
you know, same old song and dance and SOS too bad back on get your wings. There's bluesy stuff there. Most of the first Aerosmith album is, is quite, uh, you know, quite infused with a blues ethic the way the first black Sabbath album is the only black Sabbath album. I maintain that has a, a fair bit of a blues ethic to it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, even, even something like a sick as a dog, I, you know, that's one of these where I say you can, you can run the AB switch and go between, you know, that's a little bit of pop and heavy metal and blues all mixed together. It's actually my second favorite Aerosmith song of all time after Draw the Line. Um, but No More No More is a great example of basically a super interesting, accessible, charming, uh, if the Rolling Stones tried super, super hard, this is the song you would get. So this is like a like a um, coming at this idea of making the blues more interesting by making the Rolling Stones more interesting. So that's what you get with a song like No More No More. And, you know, they've got a little bit of straight blues uh, across their albums, Reefer Headed Woman, which I believe is a cover, right? Um and remember walking in the sand, which is coming from you know the 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 doo-wop '60s group again, a cover. Um, but yeah, they've got a little blues here and there. Um, but but generally, they're trying to uh, you know they they come at blues from a funk end, from a pop end, from a heavy metal end, um, and from the doom end. Like I say, they do a little bit of that. Nobody's fault, right? Um, but yeah, so this even has the piano, the, the Ian Stewart kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the barroom piano thing in it. Um, and even the dee, 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 you know, piano and even the, even the, uh, Mick Jagger type phrasing out of, uh, Steven. So, so there you go. Aerosmith, definitely, definitely a band that, uh, basically took the blues and boogie woogie rock and funk rock and made it more interesting for a blue jean army, uh, emerging in the seventies. All right. So that was number three. Uh, take a listen to this. This is our fourth selection. This is Fog Hat with Driving Wheel. All right, so I wanted to play Foghat. Foghat and Status Quo just go together like uh, peanut butter and chocolate. I mean, they're they're the perfect bands that totally, totally go together. They are the um, the boogie rock bands. Uh, they're infusing the heavy metal riffs. I wanted to play you a song that that really shows that boogie-ness to them. So this is basically an up-tempo, shuffling sort of boogie rock song. Again, you can apply the A-B switch to it. You can hear them oscillating between kind of a modernity and a boogie-woogie-ness. Um, and they got lots of songs that break the rules, and they have lots of songs that are, that, that like, really, really stick to the rules, like Honey Hush and Wild Cherry, right? Um, you know, the song Fool for the City is an interesting one. It it kind of, it, it like, like Sick as a Dog, it's got a combination of pop and heavy metal and boogie woogie right so you you can hear you can hear as as i discussed on that uh american heavy metal episode it's almost like the um the boogie thing is almost a uh, a, a drop down a, a default that the guys fall into almost like the mortar between the bricks of the new you know the modern heavy metalness to uh to what these bands are doing but you know they they break the rules with songs like easy money um what uh, burning the midnight oil stone blue is a, is almost like driving wheel so it's it basically is like an up tempo rock and roll boogie song so so here is fog hat doing 
what ZZ Top's ethic is, this, this, this party version of boogie rock. So, you know, boogie rock is a retro thing, even in the mid-70s. I mean, it is something that comes from, you know, the late 60s and, and rock and roll in the 50s. But some of the bands champion it, and it's perfectly fine. BTO kind of fits in this uh, here and there as well. I didn't, I didn't pick a BTO song. But, uh, but yeah, they're kind of part of this thing, too. Um, Okay, and Foghat is an interesting one as well, just like Status Quo. They actually had an earlier purist uh, blues boom uh, uh, rendition to themselves. Status Quo was still st- called Status Quo, but Foghat was called Savoy Brown. Um, so, so essentially, there was a, there was a different version uh, that was a little more of a purist thing. So they come from those roots. All right, so. Um, our last selection for the day, take a listen to this. Uh, again, it's a whole different way of looking at it. Um, this is Robin Trower with Jack and Jill from 1980. This is Victims of the Fury album. Uh, loved, loved, the, loved his comeback uh, album here. A lot of people like this record. I loved it a lot too. Uh, so take a listen, Jack and Jill. All right, so Robin comes from this from a whole different angle. Now, he's coming a little bit from the Jimi Hendrix angle. So back in 66, 67, you had the likes of Cream and Jimi Hendrix making the blues more interesting and more explosive, the same way Led Zeppelin would three years later. Um, but Cream Cream were more like a very heavy British blues boom type band with a little bit of psychedelia to them. But Jimi Hendrix is more like he's coming at it throwing the first proper modern heavy metal licks into the thing. So he's coming into it from a couple of angles. So modern heavy, heavy metal licks is one angle and also from a guitar hero angle. So a lot of the blues guys that you're going to hear later on... Um, the likes of uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, or in Canada we had like Colin James and uh, and um, Jeff Healy. Uh, later you had Gary Moore uh, when when he really hit it past his heavy metal stage and with still got the blues. So you have this guitar hero aspect to these bluesy guys as well. Um, now Robin Trower. So Robin Trower is is uh, very Hendrix like, just like Frank Marino. I could have included Frank Marino in here, but I thought Robin Trower had a little more of that blues element to him uh, because of, you know, the the fine, fine wine uh, voice, you know, the, the, the gauzy, cozy, you know, um, just, just, uh, just pillowy, willowy voice of James Dewar. Um, and later on, Davey Pattison, right? So Davey Pattison, one of my favorite uh, vocalists of all time, he, he did some Robin Trower albums, but he also did some Gamma albums. So he really helped um, Ronnie Montrose's, uh, you know, second incarnation band, Gamma, through those first three albums, especially the second one, which is pretty heavy. Um, and the first one's a little more futuristic. The third one is a little more keyboardy and really futuristic. But the second one is almost like a heavy, heavy Robin Trower album. A, a little bit, I would say. More, more heavy metal. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. But, um, you know, Robin Trower was big, man. He was huge. So so he he loved this Hendrixy thing, this this 
big, fat, analog sort of sound. A lot of slowness, slow as molasses going on, which really worked with that James Dewar voice, that really, really cool, rich voice of James Dewar. And this album had, you know... um, Oh, what's the other one called? Shout, I think. Um, Victims of the Fury was a cool song on this. Um, so this was a, a little bit of, a, you know, he had a little bit of a dip there. But he was he was a big guitar hero. He had some gold albums and stuff in in America. Um, you know, uh, and and this was kind of a cool, this, this almost had even a heavy metal album cover to it. Uh, and this was a cool, cool rockin' tune on it. Just great, great tone out of the guy as well, right? Um, and I just wanted to mention one other guy I could have included in here as well probably even closer than frank marino would have been um pat travers now pat travers i've listened to him all my life i listen to him a lot i, I love his latest albums and the 70s stuff i've played over and over and over again I'm, I'm actually quite surprised how much i played his stuff and there are things on the likes of the first album and the second album making magic where even his voice sounds a little bit like lonesome dave peverett from um from Foghat and 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 the production and the and the songs being these rootsy bluesy songs there are songs on there rock and roll susie and what are what are some of the other ones anyways where where literally you could almost fool somebody a a pretty smart music fan you could fool somebody and say this is Foghat um so there's stuff that really really sounds like Foghat on some of those early Pat Travers albums but so Pat is an interesting case in this as well. So he's coming at it from a little bit of the guitar hero end of it, a little bit of it, very little from the Jimi Hendrix end of it. Um, but but also his vocals, he has kind of a deep, rich, like I say, a, a Lonesome Dave, a, a blues intonation to the way he sings. Um, and, and he definitely has some bluesiness to his soloing. But again, you go through those records and there's a lot of a combination of playing, you know, hepped up blues which is boogie rock mixed with heavy metal he has quite a few heavy metal riffs to what he does but one of his that is almost the perfect example of a song that fits this whole concept of of this uh what are we calling this blues for metalheads is snort and whiskey um you know otherwise known as snort and whiskey drinking cocaine um but that's actually not the official title of it um for obvious reasons um but you listen to that song and it's a perfect perfect example of so so the what why it's perfect is it's literally one of pat's heaviest songs and yet it's it's very much structured structured like a blues. It's sung like a blues. Um, just just you know the the sections it goes to. I I forget. You know I should know this. Um, but but what it what do they call these things? Two four eight structure or whatever. It's something like that. But it but it has this. Um, but it's totally a blues structure. Um, Tommy Aldridge is drumming on it. You know there's double bass drumming. So there's there's a lot of modernity to it, and there's a really smoking riff to it. Um, and it's and it's beautiful beautiful production from the crash and burn album right uh heaviest song on it for sure can't can't be right um your love can't be right that that's the other really pretty heavy one on it um but yeah so there's a perfect perfect example and and i've often said in these episodes i mean it it almost goes back to like i say those heavy zeppelin ones from that time but all all, even something like a whipping post off of uh live live at the rock in the Fillmore or whatever it's called live at the Fillmore, or uh or almond brothers at the Fillmore east i i can't remember i'm not a big almond brothers fan i went i went through my phase with them believe me i i knew a lot about them for a few months (laughs) but uh but i'm not i'm not the most massive uh almonds uh fan in the world but 
But I think of a song like Whip and Post, which which is already a cover. I mean, they didn't write it, right? Um, but but there's an example of the blues getting heavy and the blues getting a little riffy, where you listen to that and you go, "Wow, this is this is pretty darn aggressive for the blues, right?" And then, like I say, Led Zeppelin and Cactus and Mountain kind of took it and ran with it, and 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 were heavier uh, about it. So okay, so I'm gonna wrap it up there. Um, Hope you like this episode because I actually have the idea of a um, of maybe a part two that that eases us into more modern bands that I wanted to talk about. And there, it's going to kind of be a melange. I haven't figured out who all five of them are, but I'm but but the suspects I'm lining up for this are the likes of Clutch, uh, Nashville Pussy, and uh, and the trailer park version of Nashville Pussy. If you can believe there is such a thing, Hammerlock. I love Hammerlock. I've played them many, many times. Uh, but basically, they're the uh, they're the uh, the the white trash version of uh, Nashville Pussy, aren't they? Um, so yeah, so those bands, and I'm I'm trying to think. Maybe I'll ask you guys, and uh, and I'll I'll yeah, I'll, he, he, you know, if if you're if you're listening to this and you go to our Facebook, um, tell me who else I can include in the modern version uh, of this thing because I I'm tempted to actually put ZZ Top back in again because. I need an excuse to talk about how smoking the Rhythmine album is. And, you know, that's 1997, I believe. Uh, so I almost want to include ZZ Top a second time and say they're back. Because uh, because they did this in the 70s, and they, and they definitely do it in the 90s and the 2000s as well. All right, so let's wrap it up there. Go to the Facebook um, uh, comment. Uh, tell us what you think of this. Uh, you can go to my regular Facebook page, of course. You can go to martinpopoff.com um, and uh, help me out by picking out a book or two. We've got the Iron Maiden trilogy, the Saxon, the Merciful Fate is back in stock. I'm going to have more of the Blue Oyster Cult shortly, uh, the big coffee table book. Um, yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at this list. This might be one of the very first times I'm talking about uh, some bands. Uh, well, not the very first time, but I, I haven't written a book about any of these bands here i've written some short documents and things i i can see um but but not <laughs> not a full book on any of these bands interesting um but yeah um so there you go blues for metalheads aka making the blues interesting for angry young metalheads in the 70s there you go um thanks again until next time um go play some of this stuff you know what go play some robin trower damn it i'm gonna go play some robin trower talk to you later Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 